Christmas, and welcome back to the Called Not Qualified podcast. I'm Natalie. And I'm Owen. And we are really excited for today's episode. Yes, we are. We've been winding down the final couple weeks of the semester, finishing up finals, and we're ready to have Christmas break now. Very excited. Yes, and when this comes out, it will already be on... Well, no, I'll you'll be on, be on Christmas, Christmas break. break. I'll still be <laughs> taking a test, but it's all right. One more day. We got this. Yes. So with Christmas break coming up, do you want to talk about some of your plans and what you're looking I forward to? I would. Um, so for Christmas, on Christmas Day, our family has always just kind of, it's been the four of us, which is like a Christmas tradition that I love. We typically just um, watch Christmas movies, which is really fun. We play different games and just kind of hang out, which is super fun um, on like the week after Christmas, my extended family will come up and we'll get to see cousins and grandparents and that will be a good time. And other than that, there's not too many big plans, but I'm just really looking forward to getting to be home with my family for a long stretch, getting to spend some time with my parents and my sister, and then also just getting to see uh, friends that I haven't seen in a while. So I'd say that's what I'm most excited for this Christmas is just getting to see everybody and be home. Yeah. What about you? I am looking forward to, yeah, similar things, being Mm -hmm. home and being with family. Um, I'll probably get to see some friends as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always just have loved, we do pretty similar things every Christmas Eve Mm -hmm. and Christmas Day. So just looking forward to those traditions. Um, Mm -hmm. And let's see, what else am I going to do? Oh, Hmm. That was like a big excitement, was like a big, something ooh. was coming and then nothing did. Yeah. What's well, f- I'll get to celebrate my birthday at the very end of Christmas break, which will be kind of fun. Like the break mm-hmm. just extends just past my birthday. Well, that's because you have a long college break, not because that's how long Christmas break <laughs> actually is. Well, true. Yeah. What's your uh, favorite Christmas tradition that you have? Okay. Well, I'll start with favorite and then I'll do most unique. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh-huh. So my favorite Christmas tradition is... Hmm. Actually, I don't even know. Well, probably we always sleep under the Christmas tree, mm-hmm. never on like actual Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but usually within a few days, mm-hmm. either direction. Um, and that's just always been super fun. We'll sleep under the Christmas tree and then open presents in the morning and just kind of hang out as a family. We'll sometimes go and look at Christmas Christmas lights the mm-hmm. night before or like the day after. Um and just a time to just really relax and enjoy time as a family. Um, but my most unique Christmas tradition is on Christmas Day with my mom's side of the family, we always eat spaghetti. Nice. And I, I think love it. it's here. Actually, we have an in-house reference uh, book here. <laughs> my, my mom is sitting in the studio with us. It, was it since Kim was super young? Kim was two years old. Yeah. So since my aunt was basically a baby it's been a tradition that's fun so it's like been it. long before i was even alive but mm-hmm. i enjoy that tradition the spaghetti is always delicious and yeah it's unique nice i love it what about you my favorite christmas tradition yeah and if you have a unique one um i guess i don't know how unique ours is my favorite christmas tradition though is just our christmas eve night and our christmas morning on christmas eve we'll go drive around and look at lights and then we'll come back and read the Christmas story out of Luke and then twas the night before Christmas which is really fun and then we go to bed wake up in the morning we get up open presents and then we spend the day watching Christmas movies so we watch four different movies on Christmas and we've kept them like pretty similar for pretty much my whole life so that's really fun and what are the four we watch Christmas story White Christmas Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2 
Yes. So that's I'd say a good set. Although it is a good set. I've never seen. Wait, what was the first one? Christmas Story. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one. Yeah, on like live TV, they do like 24 hours of a Christmas story from basically like 7 p.m. on Christmas Eve to like 7 on Christmas night. They just huh. play it like over and over on loop. And so we'll just kind of watch that in the morning when we're making breakfast and cool. hanging out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And do you have a unique one at all? Or like just something, not, another tradition or not anything? Not really. I mean, we always make monkey bread for breakfast on Christmas. Well, that's I good. don't really know how unique that is, but that's like something else that we do yeah. that I love and I'm excited for. So... Well, I'm sure it's not something everyone does. So. No, definitely not. <laughs> it makes it at least a little bit unique. Yes. So that, I don't know. Those are my Christmas traditions that I'm excited for and looking forward to. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Um, do you have anything else Christmassy to talk about before we actually talk about the I'm Christmas story? I'm just so story? ready for Christmas this year, more than like all the other years. Like I'm just ready to be done with school, come home. I'm so close. I like turned in a paper like 20 minutes before we like, or not even 20, like Literally 30 seconds before I left to come here, and then I have to study a bunch when I get back. But then I'll be done, and I get to come home and not worry about that. So Yes, it's going to be so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to our last episode, if you listen to our last episode, we had some questions that we asked at the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them was, do you oh. think we'll have a white Christmas? I'd like to change my vote really, <laughs> I was unfortunately. Gonna say, I was going to say, have you lost some of your optimism? Optimistically, I really want it to snow. But in reality, I'm like really doubting that that's going to actually happen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be like 40 degrees on Christmas. And possibly raining on Christmas Eve, I think. If it rains, <laughs> that is going to just be so depressing. Oh. Dreaming of a stormy Christmas. We should just do like really sad outro music today. <laughs> no, because even though it's sad they don't have a white Christmas, the good news of Christmas is still well and alive. And True. that is something to celebrate. True. Which is a perfect segue into with this episode coming out just a week before Christmas, what we want to talk about this week is we just want to break down the Christmas story and kind of just dive deeper than the story at surface level and kind of really explore um, kind of through the lens of the different characters in the story and what they can teach us, but then also just the overall message of what Jesus has to say um, or the importance of Jesus coming for Christmas. Sorry, I got distracted by that squeaky door that just opened. Yes. But yes, we are going to go through, yeah, each kind of group of people. So starting with the shepherds Mm -hmm. and then the wise men and then Mary and Joseph. Yep. And then, of course, Jesus Mm -hmm. at the end. Yeah. So do you want to start us off with the shepherds? I would love to. So um, the story of the shepherds is found in Luke 2. They're out in the field watching their sheep and an angel appears to them and says, a baby's been born in Bethlehem and you should go see him. And then they start singing and then the shepherds talk to each other and they say, let's go see this thing that the angels have told us and they go and they see the king and they worship him. And then before they go back, they tell everybody about it. And I think that this story is, it's just interesting to look at through like just who the shepherds were in the fact of society at that time and that the shepherds would have been viewed as some of the lowest in society and some of the least important people. And yet when Jesus was born, these were the first people that the angels told is that they came to this group that would have been seen as less than, that would have been seen as unimportant. And they were the ones that got to know and they were the ones that got to share it. So I think it's just a really special reminder that like God can use the people that seem unimportant to do big things and that he sees everyone and cares about everyone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was really well said. I don't think I really have anything to add to that. Mm -hmm. I also think that like not only were they like the most lowly, but also it was just like the most unexpected. Like nobody would have thought 
Like, everything about the Christmas story, I think, is unexpected. Like, nobody would have thought he would have come in the way he did. Nobody would have thought that he would have be born in a manger. Nobody would have expected these things. And same as nobody would have expected that the shepherds would have been the first ones that found out. And also, the last part of that story is that the shepherds go and tell everyone, is that when you hear the good news of Jesus, I think it's an important reminder, like, that is good news, but not only for you, that is good news for everyone and everybody mm-hmm. needs to know. And so you have to just trust that you have the confidence in this news and that it's worth telling other people about. Yeah. I think the shepherds are a really good example for us in that way mm-hmm. um, of how we should, how much just joy we should have in the Christmas story mm-hmm. and in the gospel and how we should be just so willing to share that with other people and so excited to share it with other people. Because it's hard, but it's also, it's worth it because Jesus is a big deal. And so it should be something we want to tell people about. And we Mm -hmm. did a whole episode on that, on sharing your faith, episode four, I think it was. But because we talked about that because I believe that it's an important topic and that it's a hard topic, but it's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Should we move on to the wise men then? Yes, let's do it. Yeah, so... The wise men um, are part of the story, and they are mentioned in uh, Matthew chapter 2. Um, do I mean to just read a little bit? Go of for it. it. I okay. love that. So, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think if I remember, it continues kind of, there's a little more and then it continues in verse 11 um, because I think what we think of a lot of times with the wise men are the gifts that they bring. Mm-hmm. And verse 11 mentions that where it says, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And I think if you were paying attention to that last verse and it says, and going into the house, you might be like, wait a second, but wasn't Jesus born in a manger mm-hmm. um, or in a stable? Um, but if you aren't familiar with this part of the Christmas story, the wise men um, actually came a decent amount of time after Jesus was born mm-hmm. um, because they were traveling from a long ways away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from, I'm not sure if we know the exact location or not, but from somewhere in Asia. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, they didn't get there till after, well after Jesus was born, even though we usually put the wise men in our little manger scenes that Not we have. Not everybody does. My mom's aunt and uncle used to put their wise men, they would have the nativity scenes up in one part of the house and their wise men, they would put in their east window because the wise men are coming from the oh. east, which I was like, that's very clever and I love it. I like that. Yeah. No, I think we should maybe do that more often. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you have anything to uh, add with the wise men right off the bat. Yeah, I think the part that you said is that they were coming from a long ways off and that they had to travel to get there. Um, Two things with that. The first one is that the fact that they came from a ways away helps to remind us that Jesus came for everybody everywhere. And it wasn't just right where he was at, that he came to save the entire world. And that um, it since the wise men weren't from Bethlehem, that it was like a reminder that Jesus is coming for everyone. And also the part that they weren't from Bethlehem and they had to travel to find Jesus is the fact that they were actively seeking after Jesus, which I think is a good reminder for us is that if we're following Jesus, if we're pursuing him, we need to actively be seeking him, getting in his word, look, like following um, the way that he lived so that we can become more like him. And that if we have faith, faith means we need to be seeking after Jesus. Yeah. I, I like that you brought that up. I think because we already mentioned that the shepherds are 
a good example of how we should live. Mm -hmm. And I think the wise men are as well. And I think really everyone in this story is just Mm -hmm. an incredible example. And then obviously once we get to Jesus, he is the ultimate example of how we should live. Um, But I, I just, it just makes me think about the Bible teaches us how to live through many different ways. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get direct commands, like in the 10 commandments Mm -hmm. in the old Testament, um, where it's like, you shall do this, you shall not do this. Um, and you know, even in, um, some of Paul's letters, you get stuff like that. But also the Bible teaches us how to live through the people and, um, you know, through sometimes even through parables as Jesus taught people. And there's just so many different ways of how the Bible teaches us to live. And I think sometimes we, you know, are like, oh, well, the Bible doesn't really mention anything about such topic, you know, mm-hmm. fill in the blank. And so then it's like, you can just, it, you know, sometimes the thought is, oh, well, we can just do whatever with that. Mm-hmm. But I think just because the Bible doesn't directly command something doesn't mean it doesn't teach about it. Yes. And a lot of times that is through a person. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a little bit of a side tangent. No, you're good. Um, if you don't have anything else to add with that, I want to just kind of mention something that I recently learned about the gifts yeah. that the wise men brought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was listening to a podcast uh, and also just in church this last Sunday, mm-hmm. kind of heard the same thing twice. And so I was like, I feel like maybe we should mention this as well. Because, um, yeah, it was something I hadn't uh, heard before, or at least didn't remember hearing. So the wise men, as I mentioned before, brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only were these three, you know, gifts for Jesus, but they also had some pretty deep meaning to each of them. So the gold that they brought is a symbol of like Jesus being the king because mm-hmm. um, gold was the medal of kings in that time. Um, and yeah, it just showed Jesus's power. And even though he was a baby being born in a manger, that he would, or he was king and, you know, would forever be king. And then the frankincense was something that was used to, I think some translations just say incense, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was used to anoint priests yep. uh, in the that time period. And so that was another example of, and it showed how Jesus would be the high priest, mm-hmm. that he would be the ultimate teacher Um, the ultimate example, as we talked about. And then lastly, the myrrh. This one's really fascinating to me because myrrh was used for embalming a dead body. And it seems like it'd be really, uh, when I was doing a little more research, one source said like, it would be almost offensive if you brought myrrh to a baby (laughs) in a lot of situations. But this just showed the wise men's wisdom Mm -hmm. in that they, through some way, whether through, you know, a revelation from God or whatnot, they knew. Or just knowing the scriptures that the Messiah was going to come to die. True. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Um, That they knew that Jesus was, his purpose on the earth Mm -hmm. was to live and then die for our sins. um, And that that was why they brought myrrh. I just think that's really fascinating. For sure. And the other thing I want to add about the gifts is just like bringing to Jesus what we have. And Jesus is our 
the ultimate gift. Like he gave his life for us and that is a gift that we cannot beat, we cannot repay it, but the amazing thing is he didn't ask us to. But I think that it's a good reminder that even though we can't bring something that would repay the debt because we don't need to, we can still bring Jesus what we have. We can bring him the gifts that he's given us, the talents that he has created us with um, to use them for him and for his good and that we can still say, this is what I've got. What do you want to do with this? Yeah. One more thing before we move on from oh, the no. wise The man. look you're giving me, I'm really scared. I have a joke. Um, okay. Okay, let me find it. What did the third wise man say after the gold and frankincense had been presented? I have one myrrh. Oh, you're on the right track, actually. But wait, there's myrrh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, I love that. Hope you enjoyed that, everyone. <laughs> Feel free to share that with your friends and family this Christmas. You'll, you'll definitely get a laugh. Please do not provide us as the source that you found that from because I'm scared that people would be turned away from our other stuff. Uh, oh, goodness. Well, do you have anything else about the wise men? I don't think not, I do. None, not any other jokes, but just any more comments about them? No, that's it. Okay, then do you want to move on to Mary and Joseph? Yeah. Okay. So, Mary and Joseph, do you want to... So, I'm going to read when Joseph was um, told by an angel. Okay. And then you want to read when Mary was uh, uh, sure. visited by an angel? Yeah. So I Do you want to go in, in the opposite order of that? Because Mary was told oh, visited by an angel sure. first. Yeah. Um, it just says, hold on, that's my spot. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born. The Holy, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then a few verses later, um, it says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Yeah. And then I'll read Joseph's. It's very brief. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, so let's see, Joseph. Oh, and what I just read came out of Luke 1, by the way. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then Joseph was visited by an angel. Uh, it appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And then, uh, which means God with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. Okay. So. Let's break that down. Yeah. Both of these, I think, are, talking about examples again, are fantastic examples of obedience. Mm-hmm. And I think you see, oh, and. I, I forgot to mention my reference as well. Matthew, this uh, Joseph's visit from an angel was in Matthew 1, 20 through 24. Um, but yeah, just fantastic um, examples of obedience. Oh, for sure. I think it is hard to even fathom how frightening, how 
uh, just mm-hmm. how much pressure would come with this incredible message. Yeah. But I think you said it would be frightening. But when the angel shows up to both of them, the first thing he says is, do not be afraid. And I think that he says that because mm-hmm. he knows that when an angel appears to you, that is a terrifying feeling. But he's trying to say that to comfort them and say, listen, like what I have is good news from God. And so it's not something you need to be afraid of, even though it's hard. Yeah. I feel like it's like almost like when you're like, just hear me out. Like, just, just like, hold on. Don't <laughs> be afraid. <laughs> but yeah. Uh not only I feel like are Mary and Joseph just a really good example of obedience, but just kind of going back to the overall arching theme of this podcast, I think that Mary and Joseph are fantastic examples of a called not qualified story and God calling them into something that was really hard that they were definitely not qualified for. I mean, I don't think there's a single person in this world that's qualified to parent the son of God, but he called them into it anyway, even though they weren't because he said, like he said to the angel said to Mary that God has found favor in you, that God said, I'm calling you because I know you can do it, even though you might not be seen as qualified. And there's this song um, by Ann Wilson that I love. The song is called I Still Believe in Christmas. And there's a line in that song that says like that a baby is going to be born to a carpenter and a teenage girl. And I just think like there isn't really a better way to describe like just kind of the average people that Mary and Joseph were just like regular girl, guy who does things with wood for a living god said hey you guys want to be parents like i not quite like that but you know what i mean like i also think that um we were talking about being afraid but i think that the fact that they both still said yes to what god was calling them into is that you can be afraid and but you can still step into what god is asking you to do it doesn't mean it's going to be easy it doesn't mean that the minute you say yes you're automatically not going to be afraid anymore, mm-hmm. but that you can have, oh, I saw something somewhere that was like taking a leap of faith is like being afraid, but saying yes to doing it anyway. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what this story is, is an example of. And not only were they afraid and said yes, but saying yes also required sacrifice. They had to give things up. They were probably risking, I mean, their whole life is going to be altered. They're probably giving up their reputation. Lots of things are changing for them. And yet they said, Mm -hmm. but if God's calling me to this, I'm willing to give this up, which I think is something that we can think about in our own life is that like when God calls you to things, it's not going to be like nothing's going to change in your life. Like there are things that are going to require sacrifice, but I think some of them are worth it if Mm -hmm. you're doing it for God. Yeah. Going back to what you said about losing their reputation, Mm -hmm. I think um, in in Jewish culture, especially in that time, um, honor was a huge mm-hmm. deal and, you know, earning people's honor and stuff. And the fact that Mary was pregnant mm-hmm. before her and Joseph were married, yeah, obviously, if, when, if you know your Bible, you know that Mary conceived mm-hmm. before um, uh, being married to Joseph mm-hmm. or having sex with him, he, she was, she conceived miraculously. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, but I think still people would have seen that and would have, you know, would have judged that so harshly, um, a young girl pregnant before even being married. Yeah. But I think that the fact that they realized that I think that's one of those things also, like if God calls you into things, you have to stop worrying about what other people like are saying about you and just be confident in who you are, what God's called me into or what's God, what, what God has called you into and say, look, I know I'm getting 
looks from the neighbors. I know my reputation is being ruined, but I'm confident in the fact that God called me to this. I'm also confident in the fact of I did nothing wrong. Like I didn't do these things that they think of me. So I don't need to live in the fear of what they think of me because I know the truth myself that this is what God called me to. And I didn't do anything. Like, I think that's a thing with rumors too, is you can like live like so consumed about what people are saying about you, but it's like, and that is hard. But at the end of the day, it's like, if you know, though, that's not true. That's what really matters. And so, yeah. Uh, and I just think it's ultimately people would realize that she gave birth to the son of God mm-hmm. and fulfilled all the prophecies. Yeah. And I think that sometimes in the moment, what God has called you to, like, you know it right away, but it doesn't become obvious to others until later. Like, people are going to judge you up front if you're like, I'm going to switch and do this because God's called me to that. In the beginning, people might be like, this is crazy and there's no way. But then later down the road, they can say, oh, that is like, look what God is doing in your life. And it's not necessarily the affirmation is going to come right up front, which yes. can sometimes be hard. Um, The other thing that I wanted to talk about was like Joseph, especially in Joseph's faith to say yes to this situation, because I mean, it was definitely really hard for both of them. But I think Joseph, especially like being the father of Jesus, his earthly father, when Jesus is heavenly father is... <laughs> the father of the entire world he is god and he says hey you're gonna be this guy's dad like no pressure like you're trying to live up to this father role but like mm-hmm. my bible had some footnotes about it but i can't figure out where they are now so i don't know yeah that is that is interesting something that we probably don't think about mm-hmm. all the time yeah well also just um joseph's uh trust in mary yes that because we were talking about other people seeing Mary pregnant before mm-hmm. being married. But when Joseph <laughs> found yeah. out that she was pregnant, I think that's got to be, uh, mm-hmm. that's got to take a lot of trust in what she said and what God said yeah. uh, to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't find what I was looking for. So that's okay. Never mind. We can, unless you have anything else, we can move on to the ultimate. Yeah. Oh, I do have this. one oh, more yeah. thing because I thought about one more thing. Um, The other thing is that I think when God calls you to something, he's not going to leave you alone. He's going to give you the people. He's going to give you the tools, the resources, the gifts to do it. He's not going to just leave you hanging for like in this situation, Joseph and Mary had each other. Like they had somebody in their lives to do this hard thing with. And I think sometimes it might not always look in the case of people, but it might be like God's called you to this, but he's given you this skill to be able to do it with, or he's given you this resource to be able to use to do what he's called you to Mm -hmm. do is that he's not just going to call you and leave you he's going to call you and say all right here's some help because i know that you need help yeah for Mm -hmm. sure yeah that was my last thing yeah no that's great uh so moving on to jesus and just a few other thoughts about the christmas story Mm -hmm. in general uh do you want to do you have anything to start us off with otherwise i can go ahead start okay so the first thing that i found uh, or just my thought was I was listening uh, to a podcast on a run earlier this week and just had some, it had some really, really good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the guy's name who was speaking, but I do remember it was from the Focus on the Family Is podcast. Is me? Yes. It's like J. John or J. John. J. John. Or something like yeah. That. Okay. And he's a theologian, a British theologian and pastor. Yeah, the accent was fun. Uh, yeah. 
And he just had some really great things to say about the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. And one thing, um, I think this is a, just about a direct quote, uh, is he said that nobody celebrates the birthday of a dead person. The only reason we can celebrate Jesus' birth is because he's alive. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we go into Christmas, I think we can't really have Christmas without also thinking about Easter a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're not disconnected. Yeah. Uh, if we just had Jesus's birth and we didn't have Easter and the resurrection, mm-hmm. he was just some other guy. Um, but the fact that he came and taught yes. and, and lived and died for our sins and then was resurrected, that is why we can celebrate Christmas and why we still celebrate Christmas. Yes. Because as uh, J. John, I think that's right. Yeah. Something like as that. He said, Don't quote us on that. We don't celebrate really the birthday of a dead person, mm-hmm. um, but we do celebrate Jesus' birth because he's over 2,000 years after because he is still alive. Yes. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to make a comment about, about Jesus is that, because you were talking about his life and how he came to live, is that don't miss Jesus in your generation. So before Jesus was born, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was known as the 400 silent years. So basically through prophets or through anybody, nobody heard from God for 400 years, which I can only imagine like how um, discouraging that must have felt. Like especially in the time that they were living in was a really hard time in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to be going through that time period without hearing from God must have just been so discouraging and people are praying like please like give us something or like send us the messiah or like just communicate with us and i think what happens though is then jesus is born and god says here is the savior and people don't believe it and they're like he's not here you've left us like when is the messiah coming and i think that we can run into that some situation sometimes in our own lives is that Jesus is working right in front of us. He's doing something big in our lives. He's doing something through you, through the people around you. And you're just too preoccupied that you don't even notice it. Like these people, like after Jesus is crucified, like these people did not believe he was the son of God. And after he's crucified, they say that really was the son of God. Like they didn't realize that he was there until he was gone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good reminder for us in our lives too. Like when Jesus is moving in your life, which I I think he always is, but don't miss that mm-hmm. like be tuned into who jesus is to be able to recognize his character recognize his word so that when he's doing things you can say look at what he's doing and you're not so focused that it's not after that's over that you say wait a second that really was jesus yeah i think that is very very good mm-hmm. um uh let's see i think i had i had one more thought okay. uh just about again jesus is role and his the need for jesus Mm -hmm. um because yeah the christmas story doesn't really i mean we can't just end at the christmas story yes um like i was already saying because by itself it means nothing yeah because his birth doesn't have the same importance if you don't if you realize that he was born so that you could be born again through his death yeah uh and just talking about the need for jesus uh this was another thought from a uh, theologian that I was listening to was that Jesus, uh, he was like, we didn't need a, someone to be sent down to the world to entertain us, or we didn't need someone to be sent down to the world to even educate us. I mean, Jesus did lots of teaching, but that wasn't Mm -hmm. like 
the main need. Um, we didn't need someone to come down to give us financial advice, give us, you know, I mean, it wasn't, that wasn't the need. The need was for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus did. Yeah. Uh, and I really liked that, that thought um, mm-hmm. and wanted to then share that as well. Yeah. One more thing that I want to add, unless you had more to go no, off of go. that, was, so I think I mentioned this on the episode last week, that one of my favorite Christmas songs is a song, Oh Holy Night. And in that song, there's a line that says, the soul felt its worth. And I think that when you think about Jesus coming down and you think about why he did it and the fact that it was because of you that he believed that you were worth it and you were reason enough to die. I mean, throughout the Bible, it says that like he made you, he created you, that he has plans for your life, Jeremiah 29, 11, that you were made in his image, Genesis 1, and that you are fearfully and wonderfully made by him, that he made your soul and he made everything about you. That's the entire premise of Psalm 139. And I think the fact that like, that you recognize that Jesus came to die because he loved you so much. And I think that if you're questioning your worth, if you realize that somebody literally left heaven for you, heaven is this place of perfection and everything about it is perfect. There is no suffering. There's nothing wrong there. And the fact that earth is an imperfect place and he came in the most imperfect way, he came to save sinners. He came into a manger to faith re- to face rejection and then ultimately to die. And if you realize that like somebody loved you enough to do that, that should not make you question like yourself if you're worthy of just life, if you're worthy of feeling loved. And there's another verse that I love. And I think that sometimes it, we can almost say it too flippantly because I think that if you think about memory verses or verses you learned as a kid, it's kind of just one of the most common ones that I'd say lots of people know. And that's John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And if you think about that, that God sent his son, I mean, obviously, I don't know what this is like to be a parent, but I can imagine from the perspective of a parent that giving up your kid has to be one of the hardest things to do. And this is God's only son. And the fact that he gave him up for no other reason that he loved you and that he wanted to have everlasting life with you because that he believed that you were worth it. So Jesus leaves this place of perfection. He's sent here by God to be born in a manger, to live a life to teach us and to die on the cross to save us. And this is what we've been saying that the Christmas story is worth nothing if you don't look ahead and realize that the reason that why he came, why God sent him is because he loved you and he was going to die for you. And I don't know who needed to hear that, who needed to hear that Jesus came for you, but I want you to know that he did. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to end it off Mm -hmm. um, because that's really the gospel right there. That's the good news, um, and that's the Christmas story. Mm -hmm. So with that, we hope you guys all have a really Merry Christmas. Pray for safe travels as you go and see family or friends Mm -hmm. um, to our fellow college students and just students in general. Mm -hmm. Enjoy your break. And thanks for listening. Yeah. Merry Christmas. We love you all.